Episode 87, The Rant, Irving Armand, Motorcycle Bike Riding, Deep Thinking, Second Year Official, Mastering Basketball, Soccer, and Baseball, One Sport at a Time. Irv has always been involved in sports. From growing up in Queens and playing at the collegiate level, he wanted to continue with sports after. Interofficiating. In this pod, we discuss all that, his experience juggling multiple sports, his experience trying to master said sports, and what the future holds. All that and more, my conversation with Irv, now. The rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, my guy. Um, I don't even know where to start with this man. Adult league, mid-range jump shooting extraordinaire. Board 41 certified basketball official, flag football certified official, men's and women's dual certified soccer official, as well as a JV baseball official in Nassau County, Mr. Irving Armand. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Definitely forgot about me certified in girls. Oh, yeah. Girls. Don't forget that. We will talk about that. So um, before I get into how I met you, um, we'll talk about tonight. And tonight we... We uh, had the fortunate circumstance to uh, watch Pro City, the finals, uh, Dykeman versus Sean Bell, and we got to watch um, NBA referees. Uh, What was your experience watching that game and and how intense it was and the differences of pro uh, basketball and the way they officiated compared to the games that we do? Different. Very different. Very different. Um, Made me look at the game totally differently. Um, What what to call, what not to call, what to let go, what not to let go, mm. and how to keep the game, like, in rotation, so to speak. And I find it crazy because it kind of came full circle because uh, when you think about it, the way I met you was something similar. Like, obviously, Pro City has pros and amateurs, but um, the way I met you was in the adult league circuit in Lindbrook, and you had a great team. You had a whole bunch of players that um, definitely had talent, um, but you know one of the most talented person on the team was you, and you know it wasn't so much that I thought that you could really score at will, 
You had a really great mid-range game. You really knew how to get open, uh, despite your size. Uh, but I think you were the glue into keeping everybody calm. <laughs> so, you know, I remember it, and we could share this story. Do you remember that time when the clock was running and you were the only one? And I think that was like the first interaction I had, and you had your kid. You remember that? Yes, I definitely do. What do you remember from that day? Uh, didn't know the clock was supposed to start when the game started. Um, started running the clock. I'm like, why is the clock running? He's like, game starts at 8 o'clock. I'm like, but it's only 8.05. Doesn't matter to me. Game starts at 8 o'clock. So game starts at 8, clock starts at 8. Mm. The longer you take, the more time you waste. I'm like, oh, we got one of those. All right, guys. Come on. We got five. Let's start. I think we started that game with like 12 minutes on that clock. <laughs> it was like a 20-minute half down to 12. So, um, But that's what I do remember about shooting. I was like... The way the way we interacted then made me just like, all right, this guy could be tough, but then he seems yeah, he seems we was right. cool. I, I think I think what we learned, we came to an understanding. You were like, maybe you have never thought about refereeing, and I definitely didn't think that day you were like, oh, I should ref. I think you were thinking too that, yo, know, he was pretty cool for a ref. Like, even though like we were getting in trouble, he was kind of letting it slide. It was like, yo, I mean, like, how would you feel if? You came to work and this was your situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally understood that. Um, I did think about refing the year before. Yeah. But I guess I missed the class at the time when my friend told me about it. And um, I just thought this was another outlet to kind of like show my son the game. Mm. So, um, so me playing wasn't something I wanted to do, but I did it for my son. And then um, like like with those with those group of guys that I did have... Those kids watch me play. Right. They were underneath me watching me play. And the talent they had is what I was at their age. I believe it. And they had me baffled at times. Mm. But when you say I was the glue, it's because I guess they respected what I said to them. Because they did watch me grow up. And, well, I watched them grow up. They watched me play. Mm. Because even to this day, I have guys walking up to me talking about, Yo, um, your dad was good. He used to kill me in the park. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know who you are. Mm. But that's the show that I know I had. I had something growing up. Right. So, um, so like, at that time, at that time playing in that adult league game, it was more or less for my son just to try to show him the game and just to show him the different side of what he should be doing at his age. And I think at the time he was, like, seven. Yeah. So now, so now... So now I think him just being around the whole basketball thing is better for him. Mm. It's better for him because now he sees all types of players. One thing I can relate to you in that sense is that I kind of tailed off and I was still kind of playing at a high level um, towards my early 30s. And then I kind of switched with um, playing and then to refing. But I wanted to go all the way back. I knew when I saw you on that adult league, basketball league, you know, I really knew that you played at a high level for a long time. You did a lot of hard games because it kind of takes one to know one. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the way you played, you know, I think that when you see it and you realize this, especially over time when you've been playing for over 20 years, you know, I think, and I always say that I wish I had the athleticism that I had at 24 with the mind frame that I had now because the game was so much slower. And unfortunately, when you do 
um, acquire that type of mind, you are already an elder statesman and you don't have the same athleticism. It's very rare when your athleticism and your peak and, and your IQ kind of go in line. So I want to go all the way back. How did you develop um, as a kid? What sports did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school? Even if it was, obviously, you're going to talk about basketball, but any other sports that you were involved with all the way to college? Listen, I'll tell you the truth. I played one sport. Ball. Basketball. Mm. I I tried soccer once. I think I got cut from my um, the JV team freshman year. And I told my dad, oh, Dad, I, I think I want to play soccer. He had no clue why I wanted to because he was a big soccer person. Um, and, you know, I went. I went and um, we went to this camp. I mean, this we went to the park. And they had, like, they was putting teams together. And I was 14 at the time. And the guy put me with a bunch of 11-year-olds. And I'm like, why you got me with these little kids? So I'm like, whatever. Go running up, running up and down the field with the kids. Next thing you know, this kid come out of nowhere. I swear to God, he looked like Pele. <laughs> he looked like Pele. He was crossing me up, making me look like I was retarded. He I was gave like, you the one-two? What, the one-two, one-two-three? Mm. And, and, and the way I felt and my competitiveness, I couldn't play soccer. I was like, no, it's not for me. I got back on the basketball court, and I made the basketball team. I was mm. like, no, I'm not doing the soccer thing. Yeah. And I played basketball all my life. Um, never really played no other sport. Really, really, I think I think the opportunities for me back then wasn't really there growing up unless you had someone actually putting you in these things. Because mm. basketball is all over the place, no matter where you went. Right. You went to the park, basketball. You went to school, basketball. You went to, you went to the rec center, basketball. It didn't matter where you play. So YMCA, basketball. Yeah. So And that's always the advantage living yeah. in New York. I mean, yeah. like with soccer, it's not like you can round up, let's round up sixteen people and play, <laughs> right? So I mean, if you with if you with one of your friends, that's at least it. you can play one on one. That's you don't it. need any space, right? You can play half court, full court, you can play by yourself, the ball bounces back. So that's it. I mean it's the it's the game that keeps coming back to you. Exactly. You know, soccer, you kick the ball and you miss the the, <laughs> the, the goal. Like you it's a long way to go get it. There's nobody else to get it but no, you, right? No. So um, I know you played at you played at Martin Buren, Martin Van Buren. Yes. Martin Van Buren played played high school. Martin, I mean, played basketball. At Martin Van Buren. Um, junior year was pretty much nothing because star played with the point guard of my junior year. Um, forget his name so much. Didn't really pay him no mind. Mm-hmm. But I was on the team. Um, it was my senior year. I really shined a little bit. Um, I led the team in assists. Um, the assist turnover, assist turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely had that. Definitely had that on point. Never, never gave up the ball as much as I passed the ball. Um, um, it was pretty good. Like after after college, I mean after high school, I played at Queensboro. Did two years there. We won the CUNY in our first year, so that was an exciting moment for me at that at that time. And definitely when you play like college basketball you definitely come back to the park feeling like you playing the nba superman like, right yeah you're like totally different you're not the same player you you think you don't miss like you're just like your legend precedes yourself too because they're like yo herb played in college you're like they don't even know what college it was the lord lord they know maybe you went to wake forest but every day they'd be like herb why you didn't go to nba i'm like it's not as easy as it looks <laughs> <laughs> i'm like it's just a division three junior college so so I mean, I mean, you get the toughness. That's about it. But to say you're actually playing 
on an elite level where NBA is in your foresight, it's not the same. Mm. So all of those times, even when you played in Martin Van Buren and then even your your stint at Queensboro, um, what was your perception of refs at that time? Oh, refs, refs for me was, it never, it never made the game for me. I never really looked at them as, all right, if the ref called a call, it's their fault, or if the ref didn't call a call, it's their fault, because at the end of the day, the ball's in my hand. Mm. So if the ball's in my hand, so what is the ref really going to say to me? He can't. I know the option. I know the objective of the game is to put the ball in the hoop. So if I could get the ball up, mm. that's a shot attempt. And if I get a shot attempt, I, I, I'm, I'm strong. I like. I believe that it's going to go in. So they, their, their perspective of if they made a call, it was always good call, ref, even though I could have hated the call. And at the same time, it's like, what did I do wrong in that posi- in that particular position? And and they would tell me. And when they told me, I'm like, okay. Even though I didn't understand mm. half of the stuff they told me. But at the same time, they kind of looked at me like, all right, he's not one of those troublemakers. He's really just trying to learn. So I don't mind teaching. Right. So, And I guess my, my experience officiating you was you had a lot of hotheads on your team. <laughs> right? So... When they were there, like somebody like Marcus, oh, 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 that's a foul. And, you know, I I am too busy trying to officiate the game. Mm -hmm. I may or may not have been with somebody strong at the time because to me that was always like a like a a, a, kind of like a battlefield for people that were new. And also, you know, I'm worried about this big man that's like coming at me and and he's kind of like he has negative energy and nervous energy. That's the way I would describe it. Not not. Not negative energy, but nervous energy. And, you know, I know what that feels like because I kind of grew up in that neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's really hard to manage mm-hmm. a being an official. So I always appreciated you because you would always broker the peace. You were always like, you know what? Don't push this ref because this is how he is. Oh, he's like a cop. Let's <laughs> let's sick it on him. And, you know, I always knew that you were kind of like the spy for the team. And you always knew what the temperature was in that particular game. Hey. And you and regardless of, of what you thought the explanation was, you kind of knew what to say to the refs at the right time. Okay. First of all, I do live in the hood. The word spy sound like snitch. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not use that word so much. But, yes, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, like I like I always felt like the refs really had nothing to do with the game besides what they're there for, and and like when you when you just play park ball like Marcus did a lot, Mike like do you mean I'm not saying that he never played with refs, but I'm saying when you play, when you don't play that college level that high school level basketball, you don't you don't perceive the referees in the same light, you just perceive them as guys that make calls and if they don't make the call that you like you you just get ultimately upset mm. like i had this guy um in the park and I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna mention no names but when i say your man was not was he still is good like i've seen him play now and he still is good he can score at will he passed the ball tremendously he sees the court crazy he has height. He could jump. He could pat. You know, he does everything. I remember growing up, um, we played in Basketball City, and I used to look up to this guy. And um, like I said, he's really good. We go to Basketball City, and it was just like, I'm over there, like, trying to calm him down from killing the refs. Kryptonite. Like, he really could not play with them. Mm. Like, 
You he'll go from the park. We play a game at twenty one. He'll have nineteen points. Mm. But we go to Basketball City, and he's only averaging four points a game. Like he still gets his assists because it's not hard passing the ball, but he just doesn't score at will. Like the difference was big because it was like, yeah, he brought up the ball and it made it easier for me to score. But I will score at will because I was already comfortable playing with refs and playing college ball at the time. And I was comfortable, but he was just never comfortable. He was more playing the park, no refs, calls are made by players. And like, and then you could just really see the difference. And it was just like, wow. Hmm. And that's what made me respect the game a little bit more. And it's like, all right, I see why refs are there. And they're only there to manage the game and keep peace between two teams. Mm. That's it. Because when you're in the park, we could argue for days mm. and score be 5-5 five, five for like for like an hour. Mm. Why? Because we're arguing the whole time. Oh, yeah. Every point, argument. Mm-hmm. It went out on you. No, it didn't. It's like everything's an argument. Mm. So then you put the refs in the middle, call is made, everybody turns around, go play defense, play continues. So... So speaking of fights, I remember that season, I think it was spring of 2017, you guys were undefeated almost all the way up until the championship game. Maybe it was like the Patriots. Yeah, then you guys lost. And I remember, <laughs> I felt like cops would come in, people would talk about fighting in the parking lot. Then I didn't, I ended up not seeing you for, you know, that summer. And then I want to say it was like either October or November. And I remember I had a game at Island Garden. I was at court one. And then who was sitting comfortably? It was court two. I was on court two. Court two. And you was on court three, I think. Yes, yes. and so I walked over. You walked over, and I'm like, what you doing here? You're like, oh, my son plays here. And then you're like, yo, I'm taking the class. And I was completely yeah. flabbergasted when you told me that. So to, to walk me through your experience taking that first uh, basketball certification board 41 in Nassau County. Well, like I said, I am before meeting you in that adult league game, I wanted to take the class that year. But I missed it, so I made sure I was gonna miss. I wasn't missing it. I took the class, and um, I didn't think nothing of it at the time. I just wanted to take the class, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know where it was taking me. I just, I literally just took the class to take the class and to try to bring my son into a whole different light of the game. It wasn't. It wasn't for money. It wasn't for trying to be in the NBA. It wasn't for trying to be elite. Referee, you're just really just taking a class to honestly focus on being being at different games, being doing different types of games, getting the elite players, getting the players that you can sit there and have my I can have my son watch while I officiate, mm. and then he can just be like picking up stuff off these kids who is tremendously talented and not really watching me per se. You get what I'm saying? Because I know he's not interested in the refs. So he's there watching the game and not really me. Hmm. So that's why I really took took upon being a referee at the time. So I don't remember what pep talk that I gave you, but I'm always excited when people take the class. And I think I was really excited for you specifically is because you reminded me of me. And not so much that you were a prolific scorer and you knew exactly what to say. I know how much experience you already had in basketball, and you had such a great feel of knowing what to say with certain teammates and knowing what defensive schemes and, you know, even for you, just picking and choosing being in your early 30s of knowing when to run and when not to run. So I already knew (laughs) (laughs) that you were going to be a tremendous play caller as a basketball official. So um, 
what was your first experience when, when I came up to you and told you, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this? I was probably talking 100 miles an hour. Uh, first experience with you, and you started talking. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> okay, Ralph. Okay, Ralph. Sure. Yeah, no problem. I had no clue what you were talking about. Nothing. Nothing at all. You, you said, yeah, I'm going to put you in a game. I said, cool. My first game. Yeah. <laughs> you said it's going to be hard. Mm. I said, can't be that hard. Ooh, Tell boy. me about that first. So so I, now now let's set the scene. So <laughs> Lindbrook Sport Time. Okay. Right? I used to ref there. I ref there a lot. Um, I was there for like three years. Um, and I remember I was now in charge of the, the assigning. So now I'm like, you know what? Here's my, my chance to give Irv some games. And I remember giving you that talk like, okay, this is not going to be like playing basketball. <laughs> okay, so. And I was trying to explain to you what it was going to feel like. It's going to be so fast. You're not going to know whose color, what, what direction people are going. You're going to forget the numbers. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you're brushing me off. Of and course. I will never forget that first time out when you came to me. <laughs> you wanted to give me a big hug and say, I want to leave now. And I think it was like 1835 left in the, in the first half. So having said that, what was your experience in your first game? Scared doing that death. game? Scared of death. Scared of death. I, the ball went up. I knew which way to run because I just knew like the, the, the official not tossing is running. So we're going to run in the direction the ball goes in. Cool. I did that. First foul came. I just seen it. I didn't know what to call. I didn't know if the whistle worked. Nothing. That first minute and a half, I think you made a couple of calls on my in, in my area. Oh, I had to. Yeah, of course you, you had you, to. Right? You were, you I didn't know what I was doing. Lunch. I didn't know what I was doing. You wanted to leave. It was very Bro. clear you wanted to leave. Bro, I think I was in the fourth quarter of the L.A. Laker game. I swear to God. I think I was thinking about that. I swear to God. Um, Came out. And I, like, I, I was nervous. I was nervous as hell. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. It was extremely hard. Extreme, and, and I wasn't even certified yet. I think I was, I was, I was. You're taking, still in the class. You, I was in the well, class. No, you were, you were in between passing the written yes, test. And the, but um, waiting test, for the floor. floor and I was test. like, listen, yes. you want to pass the floor test? <laughs> you you do a this. real game. You need this. You, there's no way you're going <laughs> to fail that floor test. <laughs> because if I went out there on a floor test like that. I would have failed. I would have failed. Because mm. I thought I thought those games really helped me on the floor test. Because mm. at the time of the floor test, I had enough confidence to go out there and like, all right, I'm going to look like I know what I'm doing somewhat to at least pass. Because I they they gave certification to guys that I didn't even think should have even been Being out there. In a class, right, yeah. They shouldn't even have been out there. But they passed, and I'm just like, all right. At least I got a couple of games under my belt. Mm. I'm okay. Yeah. I should be great. So how was that floor test? That was great. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was nervous still, but I wasn't as nervous as I thought I would have mm. been if I didn't take those couple of games that I did do with you. Yeah. So after that, um, and I know you mentioned before, you were saying that you didn't think anything of anything and you were just doing it so you can be around the game and hopefully uh, Jamal and Aaron can learn something, but... When do you think you started taking it super serious? When you started thinking that this could be another supplemental income? When it could be something where I can sharpen my mind and, and stay in shape? When, when, when I passed the floor test and I sat around that whole year 
And I'm just like, yo, I want to do basketball games. And there's really not much for you to do. And the, and then and then it's like, you'll get a game here and there. You'll get one or two games. And then, and then I'm watching you sitting there doing like 50 games in like two weeks. And I'm just like, yo, I don't even think I got one game for the two weeks. Yo, how come my phone not ringing? Yes. I remember, and I remember telling you in real time, like, oh yeah, I was like, yo, <laughs> I know it looks like I do fifty games, I do, but one day you're gonna get to the point where you're gonna be able to pick and choose, and you'll find your own avenues, and you know, I think that maybe you didn't buy in at that moment, but you know, I I'd like to think that everything that I said kind of came true, yeah, everything that that you've gone through, yeah, because at the time I wasn't doing no games, I, I sat down, I sat there. I was so bored. I took a baseball class, and I took a soccer class, and that's how I became certified in those two sports. Just because I had nothing else to do, and I didn't know how to get into the whole basketball thing. You kept telling me, "Wait, your time will come," and I was running. I was getting impatient. Were you getting I, mad at me? I don't want to say get mad because it was like you were still trying to help me, talk me through things, and so I can't even say get mad. It was just like. I've heard this before. Mm. And not, not to say I heard it from you. I heard it before from, you know, you, you hear it from a lot of people. Every time you want to do something, they tell you, be patient, be patient, be patient. So it's just pretty much, I just had to be patient and just wait my turn, mm. pretty much. So the other flip side, and we'll talk about soccer and baseball as well, but the other flip side that I wanted to talk about is your experience getting certified for the girls. Because... I think I told you, I was like, yo, this is another good avenue, but it's completely different and it's a different ball game because the instructor is a little bit more cutthroat when it comes to protecting the women's game and protecting the girls' mechanics. So talk about your experience, your first year being certified under uh, the Nassau Board of Women's. Well, when you say first year, you mean just taking the class? Taking the class and how different it was from learning the federation rules as opposed to the women's NCAA rules. (laughs) Big, big difference with the rules. Big difference with the rules. Big difference with the mechanics. Yes. But the, the only thing that I kind of like bought into the girls was, I guess, the play calling that I had from the boy side that gave me the confidence to actually do the girl side. Mm. Because um, I thought, I, I know going into the girls, the, the pressure that I had doing the boys was not the same with the girls. Mm. Because with the girls, it's like, I know something. With the boys, I knew nothing. Mm. I was a ball player trying to be a ref. Mm. So now I'm a ref just trying to be a different type of ref. Mm. So it made it easier to kind of transition into the girl side and just really, all right, focus on the mechanics, focus on the rules, and know the difference between the two. How hard was it to break break and unlearn all of the federation mechanics that you learned the year before and now going into girls mechanics and just those little subtle nuances that make a world of a difference in the game uh hard i could say Mm. hard because what what makes it hard is the fact that you're you're trying to focus on doing feet let me not say that you're trying to focus on doing the women mechanics but then you actually see yourself just still trying to do the boys. Mm. And it's like, you know, when the ball goes out of bounds, you put your hand up and you point. With the with the women, you just point. So it's just like you would just get caught in the middle of, all right, what am I supposed to be doing? 
especially when you're saying they're doing boys games all the time mm-hmm. and you're taking the girls class right now. So it made it tough at that time. It definitely made it tough. Did you get to the point where you can toggle back and forth now? No. Still not? Still not at that point. Okay. Now, you know, I got a gentleman that's coming up, and he's trying to figure out if he can do girls or boys. What advice would you give somebody if you can do it all over again? Would you go do the girls first and then take the boys class, or do you think you would do it the same way that you already did? It's tough to say. For me, for me, I think... If you would, if you would do it, if I would start over, I think I would take the women's side, and only only because you, you start seeing everyone is using the women's mechanic. It goes like yeah, even in Pro City NBA, Pro yep. City NBA, you start seeing the women mechanics more than you see the men's. So so I would say do women's just just so you have a more understanding when you watch other games. So like when I watch Pro City, when I watch Pro City today, mm-hmm. tonight, it made me look at things totally differently because I knew the women's mechanic, I knew what mechanics it was given, and I'm watching them in the in the light of a woman's official. Now, their play calling, their 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 um, control of the game, that's a referee, mm. not more or less a woman's mechanic or a men's mechanic. Mm. It's a referee right so that's where it kind of helped me to say if you would do it if i would do it again i'll do women mm. so now i want to discuss your mentors list any of them that you have um what do you think that they've done for you in your career thus far and how do you think they've shaped the way you help people after you now that you meet people and you know you're kind of hip to the game now well mentors mentors like um to me honestly the only person that I really can say mentored me or really, really helped me is Ralph. <laughs> it's you. I mean, everybody else that talks to me, I listen. I take in the information. I take what they tell me. And I just move forward with them. Um, it's not like I call them every day. I don't I don't have those type of conversations I have with you. Like I, I, I don't have that conversation with them that I have with you. Mm. So at the end of the day... Um, until until someone that wants to take on that role on calling me and making it important to them that I'm important, mm. I don't really kind of like intertwine myself on trying to find mentors and like, can you be my mentor? Like, yeah. and that's that's not to know. say that people, yes. when they're working with you, give you periodic help and, and exactly. Um, so, how do you think all of that help as well as? Um, the push that I've been able to give you, how do you think it shaped the way you try to help people like Marcel or people that are just going to get certified now upcoming in this particular basketball season? Uh, I try to help them in a way where things that they don't see, just try to get them to see it. And um, and like 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 somebody like Marcel, Marcel, he, he tends to be all over the place. So it's just like I gotta. I just try to work with him, where just have him understand. Look, this is your zone. Stay here. Don't run away. Don't run all the way over there. Hmm. And and it's up to him to pick it up or not. Like with me, once I hear somebody tell me some something, I'll try to change it right there and then, and then I'll just try to work on it 
probably for a whole game or a two games or three games, mm. whatever the case may be, and then let somebody else tell me the same thing and then see if I see if it's changed. But like um but you also gotta look at players if they're willing to learn. Right. If they're not willing to learn, you can't really teach them. So like someone like Marcel, he does listen, he does try to change up what he's doing. But then when you meet other guys, they 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 trying to help you, and then you're looking at them like, bro, <laughs> I don't even think you know what you're doing. Right. So it's like, so like sometimes when I see guys like that that try to help me, or they feel like they're helping me, I just nod mm. and look. And I'm like, I can't tell you nothing because you you're already telling me everything that you think you know. So I just leave it alone. Mm. So I also know that after. You have completed your second full season as a basketball official. Um, I thought that it was probably um, appropriate now to start dabbling with some of the camp experiences. So I know you had a tryout earlier in June uh, this past summer, um, the Cos tryout for the Catholic League. What was your experience like with that? And what was it like in comparison to what you thought it would be into comparison how it was in real life? Totally different in the sense of speed. Speed. I think I think the speed, I totally wasn't... I don't want to say... I wasn't totally ready for it. Because I think the first game I got at Cos was Holy Trinity. Yeah, I was saying holy a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just unbelievable. They would just run, 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 run. Like, every time. Like, the big man was running. Hmm. The big man grabbed the rebound, run with the ball, and it was just like, "Do you, don't try to just run plays." And like in my mind, I'm like, "Run a play, hmm. slow it up for me." It was just too fast for me at the time. It, it took me, it took me about ten minutes of the game to actually catch up, to really notice, notice the pace and actually be part of the game, and then focus on everything else that was around it. But towards the latter stages of camp, you felt a little bit more comfortable with that speed, right? And I think it's only. You just have to catch up to that speed. After that, it gets, yeah, it gets a lot easier. It gets a lot easier because then, obviously, then you just become that official that you th- that you think you are, and then you just work on the stuff to get better. Right. So um, I also know that you do flag football and you do baseball and you do soccer. Um, those, are exp- those are sports that you didn't play. As you mentioned, you only played basketball growing up. Um, how much of a challenge has that been to learn those games um, and – how do you think it has helped you, I guess, become more open-minded with things, with with officiating other sports? Uh, once you get the once you get the rule book for these other sports, you notice that that is that much smaller than mm. the book, than the basketball book. So so it can't be that much harder. That's right. how that's how I kind of like went into it. So with me, it was just like, all right, I know I don't know the game. I know I've never played these games. It was just really just learning the rules and just getting out there. And the pressure of being out there for the first time never really crept up on me because the only difference is is the rule and the type of game is being played. Mm. So, like, I was never nervous. I would still be out there like, um, I would still be out there like, I know that I don't know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out as I go. And I'll make it, I'll make it. I'll make it look good for the moment. You think you were able to have that type of confidence because you would say that basketball, out of all the sports that you do, is the most difficult sport 
that you officiate and everything in turn kind of looks easier to interpret? I wouldn't want to say that because I because I can't put myself in the same light because hmm. I never played. I never played as a basketball player. I could put myself there because it's like, all right, if I was a player, I can see what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. I can see this. I can see that. It's different. Baseball, I have no clue. Right. The first time I seen a, a pitch come at me, I thought it was coming at me. <laughs> it wasn't even coming at me. It was coming to the catcher. But I ducked. I know. I ducked too. <laughs> so I ducked too. So, so like, for me, if I was a baseball player, if I played baseball growing up, these kids are not afraid of the ball. I know, right? So as an umpire, I think I would stand there and watch the ball like, okay, he's going to catch it. But but how struck are you that the kids aren't afraid? Because I'm t- scared to death, and there's two kids in front of me. And, then, you know, the, it's not even how struck I am. I love it when the 11-year-old comes, don't worry about it, ump, I got it. You're like, yes. Yes. Yo, it's not even yes. It's just like, you're 11. <laughs> you're 11, and you're already making sure the ball doesn't hit me. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like I just know if I did play the sport, I'll definitely see it differently. Like, like I'll see it like I see basketball. Mm. So, so to say basketball is harder, I wouldn't say that so much because I know the game. But if it's somebody who who doesn't, who never played basketball before, and then actually come play by, ba- I mean come ref basketball, I can see why they could say basketball is ten times harder. Mm. Definitely. So aside from soccer, flag football. Uh, baseball and basketball. What sport would you officiate um, moving forward? Lacrosse. Yeah. Lacrosse. Why do you think that? I definitely want to do lacrosse. Um, I really. I don't want to say I have. I have. It's like it's it's a field it's a field sport, and I think I think anything with the field, like we got soccer, basketball court, like you got that type of field type of structure, with the the point of the game is to score in the other end. It makes the game easy. It, it, it's just like you can see the game almost in the same light. See, like with baseball, it's it's a game of runs. So it's like it's only a baseball field. Kids hit the ball, they go around in a circle, and then everything else falls into play. Mm. With lacrosse, it's like soccer. You got to get on one end of the field and throw a ball through a net. The same way on a soccer field, you got to get to one end of the field and kick a ball through the net. Mm. So just the concept of the game. I, is why I kind of want to get into it. Okay, so we know that your goal for lacrosse is to get certified. Yes. Um, what are your other specific goals immediately for this upcoming year when it comes to soccer, when it comes to baseball, when it comes to flag football, and, of course, basketball? Uh, get better in everything. My my confidence level has definitely went up in basketball. Um, so as it goes up in basketball, for me, the confidence level for everything else is going to go up. Like, baseball is my second season. I definitely had a I definitely had a better season than I did last year. You ready for varsity? Varsity? Yeah. Yeah, of course. All right. That's the confidence though. That's but when conf- you get there you're gonna Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be nervous <laughs> as hell. Hopefully I have that game with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the confidence that makes me go out and do it. So like like this year I did a couple of game um, middle school games for baseball by myself. Mm. If that was me last year, I don't know what I would have done. That's definitely an accomplishment, man. You get what I'm saying? So, I like, do. this year, I definitely wasn't afraid. Mm. I'm like, all right, I don't see a partner on the schedule. Okay, I'm doing this game by myself. And before last year, you'd, you'd call Lori and you'd go, uh, do I have uh, a partner? Do I have a partner? Do I have a partner? I don't want to do this game. Pretty much. Now you're like, half a fee and a half. Let's That's go. It. Go get this extra money. <laughs> go out there and do the thing. Right. So, um, but this year, I definitely want to be 
way better at soccer. Mm. I've been studying the books on the rules a lot better than I knew them last year. So definitely when I get into soccer this year, I'm trying to be that much better to kind of like move up in that situation. Yeah, and once we wrap it up with volleyball, you will be my soccer mentor because I'm definitely going to get into that. (laughs) So after everything that you said, all of the things that we talked about, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as an official? Confidence. Confidence. Confidence is key. If you... If you lack confidence or you're afraid of a challenge, it, 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 makes you, it makes you think twice. And thinking twice is not something you should do about anything you do in life. So to me, it's like when you have that official, I mean, when you have that coach pressuring you, you got that coach running down the court, arguing with you, yelling at you, just being able to take that and being professional with that, it, it just makes it. If you're confident in your call, or you're confident in your play call, and you're confident in your whistle, you just you just don't you really don't hear that coach. Mm. It doesn't really matter what he says to you, as long as he's not taking away your integrity, your manhood, or saying anything about your family. You can say what he wants. Yeah, whatever you can live with it because you're like, listen, in, your, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm right. So that, whatever exactly. you want to say, it's cool. With me. It's cool. So after saying that. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and ultimately, where do you want to go as a multi-sport official? Uh, where do I want to go? I don't think I really thought that far in the sense of multi-sport in the basketball world. I definitely want to be in the part in the in the in the talks of officials. So when they do say my name, like you hear it, like Ralph Knowles, you understand? Because like I remember, I remember in class, like going back to. Um, board 41 I'm I'm going through the classes and just before um, just before the floor test um, they asked me who's been helping you because you know you you go to the training classes just they they, they saw you scrimmages. somebody injected vibranium in you (laughs) yeah exactly so (laughs) you do the scrimmages and then and then they go um, who's helping you I go oh my friend Ralph what's his last name um Fanolis Hmm. Sound familiar? I think. I think. Uh, Donnie. No, no, no. He calls. He calls over Donnie, the the official that I'm talking to. He calls over Donnie. He goes, Donnie, who's Ralph Knowles? Oh, that's the kid that was in the class a couple of years ago. He's coming up big. His name is moving. So it's like that's news to me. <laughs> I told you this before. I don't remember that. Well, I like. It's like when you hear. They start hearing the name, and then it starts swinging around everywhere, and everybody knows who we, who this person is. And just like you say, Tom Carmelo, like you say, you say these names, and people pick up on it. Who the by by the way is my mentor, and you know how you are, I am to you, he is to me, and you know that's that's realness. Exactly. That, that's, so once you start hearing the names, and people, oh, I know who that is. Mm. Is is pretty much where I I would love my name to be at. You're not too far from there, I'd say. You know, like I, I know you're well known in Island Garden, that's for sure. And that's to me, that's like one of the pillar blocks of saying I'm reliable here. Because gotcha. you can't really spread your wings and, and feel like you're going to be. Re- you got to be reliable in one place. That's true. And then once that that everything else anchors, and you know, we talked about this before. You know how much how 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 easy was it for me? Not easy, but you know how. How seamless was it that my name kind of rings bells in baseball because of basketball? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I got the opportunities for baseball because of basketball. Mm-hmm. Same thing with lacrosse. It's because I've, 
you know, worked on one good sport and then branched off to the other one. So, um, and I never got to thank you of, you know, how much you helped me. Um, you know, when you talk about mentors, I'm only driven by the mentees that I have, right? So, you know, you were one of my first and and one of my best, literally my best success stories because that's, that's a testament to you because, you know, some of the advice that I give you, you don't want to hear, you know, (laughs) you know, whether, whether you like it or not, you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make you skip steps and there's not a lot of skips, uh, steps that you can really skip in this game. But if you can take one step or three steps, as opposed to, you know, taking all 89 steps. I mean, it, it goes yeah. a long way to me, I think. Right. So yes, you're right. Um, right. final two questions I did want to ask you is what is the most sticky situation that you've ever had thus far as a official? Sticky situation. As a, as in like, like on, on the court, you being a referee, referee. coach wilding out, Sheesh. partner crunk. Had those. <laughs> Don't laugh. Like, I had a couple of guys. It's like, it's like, why are you even on this court? They making me look bad. Like it's it's tough to trying to pick them up at the same time. Um, I, I think that uh, just personally speaking, I feel like you've had so many sticky situations while I was laughing as your partner. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I don't want to be here, and I'm yeah. like, it's all right, man. No, yeah, listen, listen. Sometimes it, it's. But it makes you stronger, though. That, that's how I look at it, too. Like, if you have, a, like, a weaker partner, and if you feel like you can pick up the game and pick up the intensity as for both officials and really make the game go smoothly mm. at the end of the game, the coach come over to both both play. I mean, both refs and tell me, you guys did a good job. And it's like, thank God, I, you know, I kind of helped him out because now we both look good. So, cool. That's fine. But... Sticky situations. I had a lot of them. I had a lot of them for a couple of years, but I just can't. There was there wasn't one in particular that really stuck out. I mean, I had one the other night. That's that's the most recent one I could really talk about. Let's hear it. Like, all right. So these two teams are playing. You got one team dominating the other team. Mm-hmm. First half, they go up by like 20, 25 points. So you thought it was gonna be easy game, walk right throughs. Run the clock in the second half. So let's go. So now the team that's losing, their core players come at halftime. So now you got a game. So they come in. They were down 17 and a half. They come in. They they cut the lead down to 10. Now it's really a game. Like they got kids. This one tall kid, he's like 6'3", 6'4". He glides to the basket like he's Kevin Durant and he lays it over the hoop. Like it's crazy. So I'm like, all right, now we got to turn up because – it's about to be a game. They start. They tussling. They boxing out. They they fighting for boards. So so now so now, this kid he gets he gets it and one. I'm on, I'm underneath the basket now, um, administering the free throw, and I'm watching. I, I, the shot goes up. Two kids are jostling for position. wasn't there Wasn't harm done. They both jostling, jostling. The ball goes in. One kid puts his hand up. The other kid shoves him. When he shoves them, I, I teed him off on unsportsmanlike foul, and the coach goes ballistics. Obviously, he's on the other end of the court, so he couldn't see what I see. Hmm. So I try to explain to him. He starts cursing me out, and he just act, he said, "Do me a favor, give me a T two. I said, "No problem," and I teed him up too. 
I had no problem doing it. I wasn't going to do it. Even he could have talked. He could have said all he, what he wanted to say because I know he couldn't really see the play because it happened directly in front of me and I couldn't let it go because the kid put his hands up and then the other kid just shoved him with two, two hands. So it's like I had to tee him up and then I teed him up just because he told me to tee him up. Mm. So it made it easy. It made it look good too. Like it looked real good. So, but did um, you did you do the Ashley NBA? Uh, <laughs> no, that like was wait smooth. A split second. If, that was. If that you was, notice that all the NBA refs, they don't do it with malice. They just go. Yeah, and then they blow the whistle twice. Yeah, like, and, it's and, they like do it, and they do it soft and they softly. Go, boop, boop, boop. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, then they go right before, right to the I, tail when I, you feel I, stupid. I think my I think my technical foul was just normal. Like blow the whistle once, teed, and then yeah. walk to the table, told told them who got the tees. Go shoot free throws, pull out half court, call it a day. I remember my first year when I was calling technical fouls. I would, I would like you could see it in my face. Like I'm so mad, boom, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna jam my finger if I keep doing this like this. So then once I started seeing like all the, all the, uh, the NBA guys, they just do this. You know what? I'm gonna do this. Whoop. And and then that it, it just looks so much better. You know, you're like, you know what? You earned that one. And it's like it's like we're reluctant to call it, and you know, kind of looks better that way. Um, final question that I wanted to ask you: What is your best moment thus far? What's your best accomplishment? What's your best achievement thus far in officiating? The fact that um, I, it's not—it's not the first time I hear it. I hear every time I, every time I'm on the basketball court. Like I may not—I may not have the 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 visible fit or the physique of what an official looks like, and. Um, I might be out of position at time, but um, I get. I love the fact that everyone tells me my play calling is great, and if and if for me to hear that, to me, I'm doing something right. Mm. So, so I mean, it's not the first time I'm I'm hearing it from like guys that matters. Say your play your play calling is excellent. That's the most important thing. So, I think. so, so. So to say, if I accomplish anything, I accomplish the fact that at least I know. At least it looks like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so as I get better, I just hope that um, play calling becomes that much more better, and um, just everything around me that's is just just to get better overall. Just to get better overall. Yeah, I think that when you see these kids that we always referee in the Long Island, in the New York, in the city area. Um, you see that they have a lot of talent, and you know I think you can see a lot of the things that you possessed as a kid growing up, and you could see, you know how when you ref, you kind of like you're refing yourself. It's like a mirror. It's just like the updated version, right? And then um, at the same time, I think like what the biggest, um, I guess, advantage that somebody like me and you have is that I play point guard, man. I play shooting guard. So when you have those. You know, you kind of see the game already differently because you're primarily in the backcourt yes. going to the front. You're not yes. from the front looking in the back. And yes. that's, you know, that's a difficult way to ref, mm-hmm. you know. I think when you kind of already perceive the game yes. as a point guard, yes. it's a lot easier to understand everybody's role right. as opposed to being like a four where, you know, you only know this one particular function. <laughs> you know, you got to get down to the block and all you do is post plays. But, you know, when you're a point guard, you're like, I know where this person's supposed to go. I know what this person was exactly. trying to do. So I think we interpret the game faster, and I think yes. that's what makes, you know, one official for play calling is that you played the game before, yes. you played the game at a high level, mm-hmm. the kids remind me, you of you, and then being a point guard, I think that's really the, 
the best formula for for being a, a great play caller in this game. I agree. I agree because you definitely see, you definitely see like, especially as a point guard, you're supposed to look at you're looking at everything, and the hardest thing is to look at everything and to deal with the guard that's in front of you. Right. And especially if that guard is quick, for him, he he's ready to reach in on every every chance he gets. So it's like. As an official, you're watching for the reach-in, the, mm-hmm. hand, the hand checks, the holding, the wraparounds, like, the little things that, as a guard, who is the point guard, and if I know if I get by a player, he's going to try to wrap his whole arm around me to hit the ball. He's, he's going to hit the ball that's in my right hand. Mm. So, as the guard, most guards switch it over to the left hand, and they can't hit it. So, it's just like, you're looking for all the little things as an official in the eyes of the guard. So my pet peeve for a point guard as a referee is when you have like an outstanding kid that has vision, but they don't have that nth degree. And what I mean by that is that when they have lesser players and they throw a bullet pass as if that's like the best player and they can't catch it, <laughs> and then they start getting upset like, "Yo, how come you couldn't catch it?" It's like you're the fool, bro. Yes, you're yes. the point guard. I've learned that. You need to be the one that 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 softens the blow for him. You know he can't handle that. I I, I tell you the truth. And in high school, I had two. I had a freshman and a sophomore. These were my big guys. I had. I even had a guy that was a senior as me, but his hands, his hands wasn't the best. But he was he was better than the freshman and the sophomore. But but the freshman was a six four freshman, fourteen years old, mm. six four built built like a man. He looked like LeBron James at fourteen. Wow. So what? LeBron James at sixteen. Mm. Um. But no matter how you gave him the ball, he would not catch it. I can I can literally push it into his stomach. He will he will fumble it and miss the layup. Mm. In practice, I used to beam the ball at his forehead. Why? Because maybe he'll wake up in the game. No. It was like he had to. He he would never he would never wake up. Like they all knew it was gonna happen. Ian had to figure it out. Zeke had to figure it out. Will had to figure it out. Will would never figure it out. Zeke and Ian figured it out. That critical moments in games, I just knew not to give it to them because I knew they wouldn't catch it. <laughs> I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I knew about. they wouldn't catch it. So, like, beginning of the game, I'll try. Like, here. Here's, here's the baby one. Oh, good job, guys. Oh, you caught it. Good job. Like, I'm more worried of them catching and actually finishing the layup. Sad, right? It's sad. Sad. But that's 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 the responsibility that you have as a point guard. And the same thing with officiating. You know, sometimes yeah. you... Yeah. Sometimes the best referees aren't available. And, and the new guy's there because he was available. And, you know, you got to pull the weight. And sometimes you are in a venue <laughs> because you're the one that nobody was available. And exactly. now you're doing a pro-am game. And you didn't even know that they take the ball out the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. Do you have any final words you want to say before we part ways? No, no. What can I say? What can I say? What I can say? Um, like I said, um, confidence, bro. Like, I think I think for anybody coming up, is just just to have a strong will of confidence. Because if you have the confidence, everything else will fall into place. Um, yeah, man, just confidence. I think confidence helped me a lot. I feel like I like like I got I got I got one more story before we go. Go ahead. I remember, I remember you was trying to give me some flag football games, and I, I think I did like probably five or six flag football games. But because I knew my confidence was growing so much, mm-hmm. 
in um, basketball that you couldn't find two refs to do one game. And I'm like, yo, I do it by myself. And you got so pissed at me for wanting to do this game by myself. And because pretty much it was your reputation online because you're, you're trying to help you help them. And it was just like, you got pissed at me. I'm just like, what? I can do it. And you're just like, you're not ready for this type of flag football. And I mean, obviously, you've seen it. I didn't. But my confidence made me tell you, I'm fine. I can do the game. Mm. And and I, I don't think I would have been able to tell you that if I didn't feel I was ready to do it myself. Mm. So even when, even like now, like, so right now, if I, if I said to you, like, if I didn't watch this Pro-Am game today, and and you and you ask me, yo, Irv, do you think you're ready for a Pro-Am game? I'll say, yeah. Even though I'm not, I know I'm nowhere ready. Now that but you're I seeing say, what yeah. do you think now? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I think if we did that two men right now, that would probably be our last time refereeing. Listen, I think so, too. <laughs> but my confidence is going to make me go out there and try my best. I probably have to move out of state and start over. Listen, <laughs> listen. The way your name travels, you probably out of state already. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you probably down there with um, down in Florida. My man, listen. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your time doing this rant. It's been a long time coming. Um, listen, much success moving forward, especially with soccer, man. It sounds like you really like that. Yeah, I do. Uh, baseball, I think we should clip. Got to do MSO. Excited for you to start doing all these city games with me. Um, as well as excited to take this girls lacrosse class with you because I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be something epic. It's going to be fun. Yeah, man. So for Irving Armand, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the brand. We're signing out. Peace.